0: What's up, what's up? Welcome back to Cultivating Change. I'm your host, Brittany Hefner. It's another week, which means it's another episode. And today we are going to dive into theology and talk about the kingdom of God. The reason I picked this topic is because what you believe about the kingdom of God affects how you live today. A couple of questions I will be answering throughout this episode is, why are you a Christian? What is the kingdom of God and how does scripture define it? When does the kingdom actually come? Is it already here, yet to come, or both? Is the kingdom future and present? Are you living your life based on the destination of heaven, or are you living your life pursuing to fall more in love with God? Are you in love with God, or are you in love with the idea of going to heaven one day? So if you are at home, go ahead and grab yourself a cup of coffee. Or if you are listening to this in between your classes, driving to work, Wherever you are, I hope you feel like we are sitting across from one another having a conversation. But before we dive in and answer all of these questions, let's talk about our highlights and lowlights for this week. Highlights and lowlights. My highlight for this week would be having a week off of college. (laughs) This past week was Thanksgiving, and it was so good to be able to spend time with family and just take a little breather. Because I'm a very busy, on-the-go gal, and I am always doing something, whether that is college, youth ministry, prison ministry, church, family, fill in the blanks, I stay busy. So I had a lot of work going into this Thanksgiving break, but I made a promise to myself to not open my laptop all day, Thursday or Friday, no matter how far it put me behind. So for 48 hours, I used that time to rest and to spend time with family and friends and also to read. And let me tell you, it was just so good for the soul and I needed that time with family and also just to rest. But I also got to serve at a soup kitchen this Thanksgiving and I loved it. We have a soup kitchen downtown in the city I live in and I felt called to serve this Thanksgiving. I'd always wanted to serve at a soup kitchen, but I just never got around to it. So I reached out to the soup kitchen and they were so understaffed this week um, due to like Thanksgiving and the holidays. So they were very eager to have a volunteer And I went in around 10.30 or so, and we spent the morning preparing the meal, and then from 12 to 1, we got to serve lunch. We were able to serve them a hot meal, and I got to go around and talk to several of them. Many of them brought in their kids and toddlers, and it was such a beautiful moment to be able to talk to them and hear their stories and be able to serve them. And I remember when we were serving the food, and I looked outside the window, and there was just a line of people wrapped around the building waiting to get inside and get food. And God really used that moment to truly humble me and show me how many people were hungry and lonely on this Thanksgiving day in the city that I've grown up in, the city that I love. And I've lived in the city most of my life, and I had no idea how many people were truly hungry and living on the streets. So that entire day was filled with story after story, and I was just so blessed to be able to go down there and share the gospel with so many of them. I remember this one guy in particular who stood out to me. Because the entire time he was waiting in line for us to serve him food, he was reading his Bible. And I was able to go up to him afterwards, and I asked him what he was reading, and that led to such a fruitful conversation. It is little moments like that that are just not so little, and I was blessed to be able to experience all of that this Thanksgiving. So that would be a few of my highlights this week. And my low light for this week would be not going back to Indiana this year for Thanksgiving, most of my family is in Indiana, and we normally go back there, but this year we stayed in the Low Country, and it was still a great Thanksgiving, but it was a little sad to not be able to see all of our family, but my mom also recently had surgery, so she has still been recovering from that, so my wonderful grandfather cooked the best Thanksgiving meal ever, and it was a good time to be able to cook with him and learn all the family secrets, so that would be my highlight and low light for this week, but keep sharing your highlights and lowlights with me as well, because I love hearing from y'all and you can always email me at cultivatingchangepodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram, which is cultivating change podcast. So without further ado, let's get into this week's topic about the kingdom of God. Today we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God, which is a topic that is very important to me. And I think it needs to be talked about more. And you might be wondering, why does this matter? Or what does this have to do with me? Does it affect how I live today? And those are all good questions. And as you listen throughout this episode, all of them will be answered because it does matter. And what you believe about the kingdom of God affects how you live today, because there is so much more to being a follower of Christ than going to heaven when you die. And that leads me to the question I asked earlier. Why are you a Christian? Are you a Christian because one day you want to go to heaven? Are you a Christian because your parents raised you up in the church? Or are you a Christian because you're madly in love with who God is and have a desire for others to know Him? All of that to say, what is this kingdom that I am talking about? What is the kingdom of God? Because I remember sitting in church on a Sunday morning or youth group on a Wednesday night or small group, whatever it may be, and I didn't know what the kingdom of God was. And when I did hear people talking about it, it was only about heaven. And I want you to think about what comes to mind for you when you hear the word kingdom. Do you think of fairy tales with a king or an unjust dictator or maybe even Lord of the Rings, like what comes to mind? Because what do you need to have in a kingdom? A king, right? So a kingdom is where there is a king. And the kingdom of God is not just simply about heaven. The story of the Bible is the story of the kingdom of God. So it's so much more than just heaven. And the Greek term is Basileia and the Aramaic term, Malkut. And I might be pronouncing this wrong, but both of those words refer to God's kingdom being God's reign as king. So when you hear God's kingdom or the kingdom of God, it's talking about God's reign as king and the fulfillment on earth of his sovereign will. And you might have heard uh, Kanye West's new album called Jesus is King. Like that statement alone has so much weight to it because Jesus is king. Lord of Lords, King of Kings, like spoiler alert, you are not the King of your life and kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is found 126 times in the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The King, the kingdom is one of Jesus' central themes in his teaching. So where is this kingdom? It's where God reigns, right? So where does God reign? everywhere. His kingdom is not just limited to heaven, and it's not just limited to earth. God is outside of our space and time. He is with us here today, which is the present kingdom, and he is there 10, 20, 30 years in our future, the kingdom to come. He is everywhere, not just a something he knows, but a place that he is. Let that sink in. Not just something he knows because he's all-knowing, right? But it's not just that, it's a place that he is. And if that makes your mind hurt, then you're thinking about it right, because it should. There is a present kingdom and a future kingdom. So let's unpack the future kingdom and the present kingdom a little bit. So first, the kingdom of heaven, which is the future kingdom, this is what we're familiar with. This is the kingdom that is talked about maybe on a Sunday morning or during a youth group. And this is the age to come the new heavens and the new earth, the future kingdom. And I'm going to read Matthew 7, 21. And it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And we also see in Revelation 21, 1 through 4, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And those scripture references, again, was Matthew seven twenty one and Revelation 21, 1 through 4. And those are really good passages that give us an imagery into the kingdom of heaven. And this is the mentality that we will go to heaven. Like, there is a future kingdom. There is something to look forward to. And like Revelation said, like, He will wipe away every tear from our eyes and death will be no more. Mourning, crying, pain, like all of that will be finished. So we see that there's a future kingdom, but there is also the kingdom on earth, the present kingdom, the body of Christ. And this is what we're not as familiar with. This is what is not talked about. And that's the present kingdom, this age right now, because the kingdom of God is within you. And I'm going to read Luke 17. 20 to 21 and it says being asked by the pharisees when the kingdom of god would come he answered them the kingdom of god is not coming in ways that can be observed nor will they say look here it is or there for behold the kingdom of god is in the midst of you so here we learn that the kingdom of god is not a place it's not a destination but rather the kingdom of god is within you it's living, it's active. And Matthew 3 2 says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we see that repentance is involved here. And we also see that Jesus is saying this. Jesus is teaching us that there is so much more to the kingdom than just future stuff. And we see this again in Mark 1:15, and saying, This is Jesus, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Y'all, like now this is just a foundation of the future kingdom and the present kingdom. But I want you to know that it's not just future. And I want us to focus on specifically the present kingdom, because yes, there is a future kingdom. There is something to look forward to, and it's victory in Christ and the future kingdom to come. But the kingdom of God is also active, and it is here now because the kingdom of God is within you. So with the kingdom of God being within us as believers, what does it mean to be kingdom-minded? What does it mean to live a gospel-centered life? What does it look like for us to be like a part of the kingdom of God that is expanding right now? And I'm going to read a couple more passages. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So we're commanded to seek first His kingdom. And in Matthew 6.10 your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So we're inviting the kingdom here, his will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So first, you need to ask yourself, is God's kingdom operative in your own heart? Because if you are a follower of Christ, then the kingdom lives within you. And we see this again in John 3.3. 3. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So those who are followers of Christ, they represent the church. And the church in Greek is ekklesia, which means called out. We are called out to share. We aren't called to save. Only God can save. But we are called to share. And God gives us the privilege. It's an utmost privilege to participate in his redemption plan. And God is expanding his kingdom through us. So what is one thing you can't do in heaven? Think about that. What is one thing you can't do in heaven? It's to share the gospel. You can't share the gospel in heaven. We have such a unique calling to do the work of the kingdom. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountains which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. That's important. Some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we see this unique calling to do the work of the kingdom, because the kingdom of God is about so much more than going to heaven when you die. We are called to bring kingdom light, kingdom principles, and the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth, and we see this in Matthew 24:14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We're supposed to go out and proclaim it. So how do we live kingdom minded practically every day? Like what is the application? First, By knowing who God is, we are called to continuously pursue a relationship with God, actively seek to know more of who He is, read the scriptures, pray, join a small group, start a small group. And we see this being proclaimed in Philippians 3.10. It says, That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. And may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. There's so much to unpack in the scripture. This is one of my favorite verses of the entire book. But I, the very first part, that I may know him. We are called to know him personally, have that relationship and the power of his resurrection, the cross, the gospel, and may share his sufferings, becoming more like him in his death. We will suffer. It's not all glorious. Like, we will suffer. Jesus suffered. So how do we live kingdom-minded? First, by knowing God. Second, by sharing. Go out and share the good news. Live like the kingdom of God is within you. Live like heaven is going to invade earth. And we see this in Acts 28, 31. It says, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. We are called to proclaim, go out, go share, and teach about the Lord Jesus Christ with boldness, boldness and without hindrance. So how do we live kingdom-minded? By knowing God, by sharing, and third, by making disciples. If you profess to be a believer, then that means you are a disciple, and disciples make disciples. And we see it in Matthew 28, 19, 20, the Great Commission Go out and make disciples of all nations. That's how you live kingdom-minded. That's why the kingdom of God matters, because it matters how you live today. You should be continuously pursuing a relationship with God, sharing who He is, sharing the gospel, and going out and making disciples. Because the bottom line is this. What you believe about the kingdom of God affects how you live today. Who you believe God to be matters your theology matters your relationship with him and others matters your understanding of the kingdom of god matters and that is what we are going to be discussing like that's what we're discussing is the importance of knowing who god is and the kingdom of god so thank you for listening to this because i know this was a little different of an episode but i want to be able to talk about theology topics like this so this was requested so continue to send in your requests that you want and I'll try to answer the best that I can, and I'll also have a lot of these verses scriptured in the show notes below, because I know I went through a lot of scripture, and I definitely recommend going back and reading that for yourself. So without further ado, we will get into a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. (laughs) A few of my favorite things would be all of this Thanksgiving food we have left over. (laughs) I don't know about you, but we have enough leftovers to last for probably a week. And my favorite thing about Thanksgiving food, though, is the dessert, hands down. And my grandfather makes this amazing peach cobbler from scratch. And it is probably one of my favorite desserts, like, ever. (laughs) And he makes it every Thanksgiving. And it's just so good. I also love pecan pie. So that was really good, too. But another favorite of mine would be John Green's book, Turtles All the Way Down. Oh, my goodness, y'all. So on Black Friday, I went to Barnes & Noble because I'm a total nerd, and that is the only place I wanted to go and spend my money. But they had really good deals, and a friend of mine had recommended me this book, and I bought it Friday, read it most of the evening Friday, and then Saturday, and I'm almost done with it, y'all. It is just so, so good. And one of the quotes from the book is Anybody can look at you. It's quite rare to find somebody who sees the same world as you. Like, okay, John Green, you are a genius for starters. Like, he is just so good at putting words to feelings and emotions. And this book is incredible. So I will definitely do a review of this book on the podcast once I finish it because it's just that good. And there are so many deep underlying themes throughout this book, which, yeah. So. That would be a few of my favorite things right now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode at Cultivating Change. Make sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple because it truly helps me out with not only improving this podcast, but it also helps with the algorithm and allowing others to find this podcast as well. So thank you again for all of your support and continue sharing this podcast with your family and friends. And I'm going to wrap up this episode with a quote from James White. And he said, What cults will do for a lie most Christians won't do for the truth. What cults will do for a lie, most Christians won't do for the truth. Just let that sink in. And thank you again for listening to this week's episode.